Welcome to the HR Tech Spotlight Podcast. I'm Deanna Shimoda, CEO of Growth Mode Marketing. The HR technology market is crowded, and we know it can be hard to find the best software solutions for your business in the sea of sameness. On this podcast, we shine a spotlight on some of the best up-and-coming technology options out there. Check it out if you are interested in learning about new innovative solutions available in the market. And if you are with an HR tech company and interested in being considered for a guest spot, stay tuned for details at the end of the show. Hello. In this episode, we are shining a light on Capfinity, a skills-based hiring and talent mobility solution. Capfinity partners with clients to place candidates and employees in positions where they can use their skills and strengths to deliver value and meet business objectives. Combining unique data insights and technology, this is achieved with online assessments, virtual job simulations, robust candidate reports, fast and fair talent matching, hiring, upskilling, leadership development, and internal mobility solutions and services. Here to discuss Capfinity is my guest, Nikki Garcia, co-founder and president of the company. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Hi, great to be here. So tell us about your background in the HR tech space. So I've been working in HR tech for probably the last uh, 20 some years and um, obviously seen a whole lot of change in that time. Um, my background is actually as a uh, industrial psychologist. So I'm a chartered psychologist. And I find that that background right now, bringing behavioral science and technology and AI together is fusing into making things incredibly interesting. So uh, yeah, part technologist, part psychologist. So let's talk a little bit about Capfinity. Tell us in your own words what you do. So Capfinity, um, you did a great introduction, by the way. Thank you. So <laughs> Capfinity um, provides to organizations globally a combination of pre-skilling, hiring solutions, onboarding solutions, and then development programs and potential and leadership programs. So we're working across the employee life cycle and we work very much with um, global businesses, but they're not all large corporates. So we will also work with organizations like the United Nations. In the UK, we work with the National Health Service. So a real, real range of businesses work with Capfinity. Over the last um, 18 years that we have been in business, our focus has also been around hiring and developing for skills. And our approach to that is very much to focus on the behavioral and the human skills, not just the cognitive and the technical. And we are very much focused on helping organizations both start by identifying what those human skills are, but also then in how they hire and develop the individuals that they might recruit or promote or just develop day to day, we want to help people understand which of those skills is a strength. And to do that, we're always looking not just can you perform that skill, but are you motivated to demonstrate that skill? 
And we know from our kind of years of research that when we can get that combination, we get greater diversity of pipeline, but also the individual themselves experiences greater well-being. They're able to give more of themselves. So, um, yeah, that's what we focus on day to day at Capfinity. And I know you are one of the co-founders. Tell us the story around why you founded Capfinity. So um, I was working as a uh, psychologist, uh, business psychologist, and I would develop processes that focus quite a lot on then competencies, helping people identify their strengths and weaknesses. And my experience was people were very, very interested on where they were weak. And often when I tried to guide the conversation to talk about their strengths, people would either say, I don't want to know about that, or they feel quite emotional. It was not kind of a regular conversation. And in parallel to that experience, um, a whole area of psychology referred to as positive psychology was growing. Um, And in the US, Martin Seligman was a huge and continues to be a, a very kind of forefront and forefounder of the positive psychology movement. Um, And in the UK, there was an emerging individual, Alex Lindley, who was working on strengths. He was very kind of dominant in Europe. He'd just done his PhD. And essentially, circumstances uh, combined that Alex and I met a couple of times. Um, I talked to him about really wanting to bring kind of practical applications of strengths and skills into the workplace. And he talked at great length about his academic research and um, walking from a conference one day, I said to Alex, what would it be like to build a organization from a skills perspective? And uh, he said, well, actually, I've been thinking about doing that. Shall we try? And um, that walk to the station from a conference um, was essentially how we decided to uh, form Capfinity. So, uh, yes, lots of um, serendipity. I can so relate to that. You know, I have a similar story with how I started my business, which we'll have to talk about a different time. (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll do a podcast. You can come on and you can tell the story. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) So Nikki, what is the big challenge or problem that you see facing HR departments today? I think, um, I think, I think there are multiple things. I think if we look at how 2023 has panned out for particularly talent acquisition, we've got leaner teams. There's been a lot of movement globally. Um, And I think with that leanness and slight displacement, people are starting to kind of consider, you know, what do we do with artificial intelligence? How do we bring in efficiency? How do we still deliver good service? So I think TA as a whole function has had a real um, kind of stir up, particularly when you think in the post kind of um, post pandemic, it was the most desired role. And actually there's been a lot of churn in that space and and, and layoffs and things. I do think now as we go into um, 2024, that we're seeing a appreciation again of those teams and actually something of a rebuilding Um, reigniting. So I I feel very positive about 24-25. I do think, however, um, an HR tech, Josh Burson, talked about kind of supercharged teams and supercharged HR when you bring the technology and the human element together. I think that's a massive opportunity as we go forward to really understand as HR individuals, 
where can we now add the greatest value and in adding that value what skills do we bring that complement maybe some of the technological changes and advancements that we're going to see um, and I think that could be an incredibly exciting future for um, HR individuals because the people agenda has never been so strong as it is at C-suite right now. We know we need to focus on people, individuals, well-being. So TA and L&D have a huge part to play in that. I think the one thing for all of us, particularly when you think of individuals who are working in HR tech, attended the conference in Vegas last week, is as we as we appreciate and start to bring in artificial intelligence into more of the the roles and all aspects of digitalization that's not necessarily where we've all come from and we're going to need to be able to have enough people around us to audit to think about the ethical side of the things that we're going to be able to to implement and i think in a world where that doesn't have one regulatory home, we're going to have to combine forces, share information and, and kind of hold ourselves accountable as we bring the kind of HR human skills and the technology together. I think that's some really good perspective. And, you know, as you and I probably both saw at the HR technology conference, AI was the big theme this year, you know, like I swear every other booth was talking about it and it'll be really interesting to see how things move forward in the industry from that perspective. I know I just saw an article, I don't remember which publication put it out, but it was an HR tech magazine um, that was talking about AI technology and how right now all the HR tech vendors are riding the wave. Because it's suddenly, you know, with the rise of chat GPT, even though AI was yeah. not new in this space, all of a sudden it became front and center and everyone's trying to, you know, kind of glom onto that because now people are really interested in it. But as we move forward, because some companies rush to plug it into their technology, that there may end up being this kind of whiplash with it that it won't work yeah. as well as people intended in some instances and so the HR buy-in community may start to push back eventually so it'll be really interesting to see you know yeah. who excels at it and and where there are drawbacks because it's you know it's still a technology that's evolving and you know as organizations are trying to figure out how to make it work to their benefit there's also, like you said, yeah. you know, the concern about ethics and regulations and those different things. So definitely an interesting think, topic. Um, yeah, and I think I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I also think Josh Burson in his keynote at HR Tech made a very valuable point. And it's, it's an incredibly simple one, which is what do you want the AI? Like what problem is it solving? as opposed to just being kind of slightly blinded by the solution or the sense that somebody else has tried that vendor, we must kind of jump on board. And I think one of the things that is, um, and you, you might see this in your world as well, is you can go to conferences and you can listen to keynotes and you can speak to analysts and it sounds like AI and HR is really far advanced. And then when you stand in front of folks right at the delivery point of AI and talent acquisition, you know, today, I was in front of a group in London this week, and in, they basically came up to me afterwards, and they were like, we really enjoyed your, your talk, but 
But do you know that how hard it is to bring AI in when you've got multiple systems, multiple applicant tracking? Somebody might have asked you to pilot something, but it's not actually helping you. It's hindering you how you do your day job. And I think there's this big dose of reality of actually the integration and the day-to-day lives. I think we'll get there. But right now, I think we're at the absolute kind of meeting point of let's try it. But we've we've still can't like we can't down tools and not deliver our recruitment cycle. We've got to maybe pilot this AI alongside business as usual. And I think that is where um, people might walk away if it doesn't get a bit easier. Yeah, I can totally see that. So, you know, speaking of conferences, it's always a good reminder of how competitive the space is. Uh, You know, there was probably, what, 400 booths at the HR Technology Conference alone. And and that was only a a teeny tiny fraction of the industry. But you could see walking booth to booth that there's a lot of different companies that often um, do the same thing or solve the same problem in different ways. What is your company's unique point of view in the market or what differentiates you from some of the other solutions that may tackle some of the same HR challenges? I think there's probably two things, and I, I spoke to this a little bit in the introduction to Catfinity. One is we've been in the measurement of skills for a, a long time. So we're very clear on what those human skills are. And we've got decades of data to be able to show what they are. So we will often start with a skills audit based on these pre-validated skills. Um, we have over 80 skills, but we don't have 4,000. We've got kind of a narrower set of human skills that we start off with when we're um, creating skills frameworks for organizations. There's also then this piece around looking at that skill with the range of products that we have through the lens of both the can you deliver on it, can you perform, but also are you motivated, is being recruited into something from a skills perspective actually going to give you a job you love, are you going to get energy from that promotion that you're looking for, so very, very much we're focused on this methodology part of both performance and motivation. And then the the other piece that um, we've worked really hard on as a business is that the products that we are providing individuals with are helping to measure behavior and identify skills in the context of the job that you might be applying for. So if right now you're a graduate in the UK and you want to go and learn about Deloitte, then you can go on to their website and look at a tool we've created that is a matching product but it looks like Deloitte and it's Deloitte skills and values that are matching you two roles in that business. If you go on to apply, you'll go on to a skills-based online assessment, but it's talking to you about the jobs in Deloitte. And, I, and again, to speak to something that, that Josh said last week, which is skills are not identical within every single company. You could have two oil companies. They could have identical job families. One's underperforming, one's overperforming. They're not the same skills. And that's something that we're really trying to deliver at Catfinity and those skills audit differentiating the skills, but also then in the look and feel of the product that actually we're going to measure those skills and develop those skills in the context of your culture and your environment. Um, and I think that's probably our kind of greatest differentiation. Who is the perfect fit for Capfinity? 
Oh, it's a great question. I think um, I think that we are unusual because we span quite a wide audience. Um, so we're very uh, prominent in recruiters who are recruiting early career individuals globally. We also do a lot of work in the space of identifying potential for individuals internally and um, people who want to identify future leaders. So that typically are the buckets we span both in hiring and then the development and the mobility is in those three areas. And what impact have you seen organizations that work with Capfinity experience? Um, really, from the very, very early days, what we discovered was taking this approach that was skills led um, helped organizations to diversify their pipelines of talent, both in hiring and who they went on to develop. So across um, the years that we've been working, we've got data where we've got more women applying and being recruited into technology roles. We have a greater ethnic diversity within roles, which typically you wouldn't see that diversity. So technology, again, has fed really well from skills based approaches and not just focused on kind of technical coding skills. And then we also see in roles like accountancy, greater exam performance, greater retention, all from the perspective of hiring with this human and skills lens. So the results for us for organisations have been about diversifying pipelines, time to competence has been quicker, greater retention levels. Um, but I would just call out the benefit to the individuals that we see um, which is often if I'm in a role where I get to use my skills and I'm motivated to develop, then I'm going to be better able to cope with stress. I'll report higher engagement, higher well-being as well. So it does appear that these approaches are genuinely and it sounds like a cliche, but good for business and good for the individual. As we look ahead, what is the future vision for Capfinity? As we go into 24-25, we are really excited about the um, bringing more skills products to market. Um, we're also developing our talent management focus more. So some of the work that we've been doing today in the pre-skilling and upskilling space will now be launched similar technology in onboarding, um, some lovely upskilling portals for leaders, for high potential individuals. So really spanning out this capacity to both recruit and develop for skills um, in a much, much broader way and, and getting into to bigger groups as well. And then for volume recruiters, a whole suite of um, skills that relate to occupations that will be uh, readily available and will also be plugged into multiple ATSs. So um, really easy access to skills-based solutions at all levels of both hiring and development. What would you say is the biggest hesitation that you see companies have with implementing a solution like yours? I think for some organizations to focus more on the behavior and human skills, it's sometimes um, 
feels like you're walking away from more traditional things that you might have seen in a job description or resume so it's not just about my technical competence it's not just about my past experience and typically resumes have been screened on that basis people have been screened in and out of jobs on that basis so there's definitely an element of having to give people data give people reassurance that behavioral skills will benefit them in both the hiring and the development process I think that still creates hesitancy Um, but I do think that's changing as people are seeing the results of taking those approaches Um, I also think that in this landscape where you have lots of options having to um, really consider solutions which are going to kind of complement your existing technology is integration easy can I make sure that candidates get feedback reports, all of those things, access to data, all of those things are things that we've worked on, but absent that create great hesitancy. So it's both, um, I think, the ease of the solution and then also um, a belief that we don't have to recruit and develop as we have done historically. Awesome. So what final thoughts do you want to leave our audience with? I think. Um, I guess in summary of the things that we've discussed here, I think that there is a, for anyone wondering, would they take a different approach to recruitment and development? I'd want to say that the the results and the capacity to have a very agile workforce by taking a view of skills, both in hiring and development, we've got great evidence now to show that that will give you kind of agility, good internal mobility, it's also much easier to implement than it ever has been with things like skills audits. You can get frameworks and be up and running incredibly quickly. And I also think that it's critical, as I said at the start, as we start to think about really kind of getting the best of technology and AI and skills-based work together, that we need to be able to work together as a profession to ensure that you have vendors that are auditable, that are transparent, and certainly in the US right now are going to meet all of the regulations that you have around the EOC and the increasing number of kind of state and city laws that's coming into recruitment. So there's um, there's very exciting times ahead, but we have to be really thoughtful in the choices that we make as we go forward. So my last question, where can our listeners go to learn more about Capfinity? So uh, definitely go to our website, which is www.capfinity.com. And you can also find me on LinkedIn at Nikki Gochea uh, at LinkedIn. Um, and I post quite prolifically. So uh, please, uh, please have a look at the website and come and follow me. I love it. And for those listening, be sure to check out Capfinity and Nikki to learn more. We will include the links in the show notes. And Nikki, it was so great to catch up with you today. Thanks for being a guest on the HR Tech Spotlight. You're very welcome. Thank you for inviting me on. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Tech Spotlight podcast where we showcase some of the best up-and-coming HR technology options in the market. If you are an HR tech company leader who would like to be considered for a guest spot on this program, please contact me via growthmodemarketing.com or reach out to me, Deanna Shimoda, on LinkedIn. 
And if you found this show informative, subscribe, connect with us on social media, and leave a review. This is Deanna with Growth Mode Marketing signing off. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll tune in again next time.